Turn to Matthew 13, because 18 is not the right chapter. <laughs> I was just testing you. Matthew 13. This will be the uh, last message in the Simply Devoted series. We've been talking about being simply devoted to God. Let me tell you where Paul started and where we started in this series. Paul said, I, I have a concern, and my concern is that Satan would deceive you and you would be drawn away from simple devotion to God. That's my concern. Now, let me tell you this as your pastor. That's my concern. My prayer for you every week is that you will be so in love with Jesus that nothing could cause your love to go astray. Nothing. That you would be passionately in love with Jesus. If you have a difficulty with a sin in your life, the answer is to fall passionately in love with Jesus. That's the answer. And so I many times I will say to my wife or to uh, one of the pastors on staff, have you seen so-and-so? Where's so-and-so? Some people I know by name. Some of you I just know by face. I know by where you sit. Because even though we're a non-denominational church, we sit according to a denominational church. <laughs> we're all sit in the same place, and that's okay. But I'll notice that someone's not here for a few weeks. And so I'll begin to ask the pastors, you know this guy that sits over here, this family, where are they? Have you seen them? What's going on in their life? Why? Because the greatest concern in my life is you, your spiritual health, and your spiritual well-being. So I'm going to share with you, I've been talking about being simply devoted to Jesus, and tonight's message, the last message, is it's all about Jesus. To be devoted to Jesus, it's all about Jesus. It's not all about me, it's not all about what I'm going through or circumstances in my life, it is all about Jesus. Now this is the message that I got two months before I ever began this series. This is the message I've been wanting to preach, so this is the best one. So you'll, you'll like this one the best, all right? I want you to hear this. The secret to loving Jesus is knowing that you're loved by Jesus. That is the secret. Let me show you a scripture before we get to Matthew 13. Uh, 1 John 4 says, verse 19, We love Him because He first loved us. We love Him because He first loved us. Let me tell you, the more you understand how much God loves you, the more you'll love Him. If you have a difficulty in your devotion to God, you have a difficulty in understanding how devoted He is to you. And when you catch that, how much He loves you, you'll be devoted to Him and you'll be in love with Him. Now, Matthew 13, I'm going to share this principle with you in a one-verse parable. Alright? A one-verse parable. Do you know what I mean by that? It's a parable that only takes up one verse in the Bible. There's only one other one-verse parable that I found in Scripture. There's only one other. So there's only two of them. This is a one-verse parable. And by the way, I did not understand this until the Lord showed it to me. Now, let me give you a little more background, alright? Every message that I do... I'm going to do three things, explanation, illustration, and application. I'm going to explain the scripture, the passage that we're looking at to you. I'm going to illustrate it to you to help you grasp the truth behind it more, and then I'm going to apply it to our lives today, all right? That's what I can do. 
explanation, illustration, application. Let me tell you what I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do every time I speak. Illumination and revelation. And He's the only one that can do that. And this passage that I'm going to show you, I believe we've gotten it totally wrong. I believe we've actually gotten it backwards and messed it up for years. And I want to tell you this. I read all, I read commentaries and Bible dictionaries and I do so much background study on every message because I want to get all of what God is saying. Uh, I read 11 commentaries and 17 Bible dictionaries on every passage that I preach to you. Every one of them. That's part of my background study. Now, in this particular instance, on this verse I'm about to show you, all the commentaries Got it wrong. Every one of them. And one of the reasons I like the commentaries is because they help with historical background. But I will tell you this. Most, most of the commentaries that I read, they were written many years ago, most of them don't have a lot of revelation. They really don't. But they do have a lot of information. But there's a difference between revelation and information. So I'm just telling you, and I'm not telling you I think they got it wrong. I'm telling you they got it wrong. There's just no doubt about it. And the reason is because the Holy Spirit showed it to me. So, I want to show you this truth that will help you be devoted to Jesus because you'll understand how devoted to you He is in a one-verse parable. The verse is verse 44. All right? Matthew 13, verse 44. Again, the reason He says again is because He's been telling one parable after another to try to get them to catch it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now, let's read it again, and I want you to read it with me. Now, I'm reading out of New King James, uh, which is the best version, but uh, you can, whatever version you have. But if you want to read with me, you can also read it on on the PowerPoint on the screen, all right? Matthew 13, verse 44, read it with me out loud. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. How many of you have heard this parable before at some time in your life? You've heard this. All right. Okay. The traditional understanding is this, that the kingdom is the treasure, that the man is us, and that we find the treasure... And then we sell everything to get it. Would you agree with that? Have you ever heard that interpretation? That is our interpretation of this scripture. The kingdom is the treasure. And it almost sounds like it because it says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field. But it's talking about such an understanding of what the kingdom is. Do you know what the kingdom is made up of? People. All right? So he doesn't say the kingdom of heaven is treasure hidden in a field. It says the kingdom that's made up of all these wonderful people, this is what it's like. This is the principle behind it. But let me tell you why that understanding is wrong. Alright? I'm going to give you three reasons. They're not the points tonight. So if you're writing, you just have to write these in the intro or wherever you want to write it. Here's three reasons why the kingdom is not the treasure. Number one, you can't find it. Number two, you can't hide it. And number three, you can't buy it. Now let me say it again because y'all were too quiet. You should have been more excited about that. You can't find it, you can't hide it, and you can't buy it. Would you agree with me? You can't find the kingdom. When you make a good shot in golf, you know, someone says good shot, 
Sometimes they'll say something like this. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Okay, listen, you're worse than a blind squirrel. Spiritually, so am I. We are spiritually blinded until the Holy Spirit pulls the veil back. We cannot find the kingdom. We do not find God. God finds us. So we don't find the kingdom. Here's the second thing. You can't hide it. What absurdity to believe that we could ever hide the kingdom. Now, the Bible does tell us don't hide the light that is within you. But the light that is within you is not the whole kingdom. The kingdom is much bigger than the light that's within you. The kingdom is huge. How in the world could we ever hide the kingdom? So we can't find it, we can't hide it. And let me tell you, you definitely can't buy it. You can't afford it. We are bankrupt before God. There's not a prayer. First of all, it's not for sale. And second of all, if it was for sale, you couldn't meet the price. So, three reasons why the kingdom is not the treasure. And that is this. You can't find it, you can't hide it, and you can't buy it. Are you following me? I'm going to explain the passage to you, and then we're going to talk about it. The field is the world. The man is Jesus. And the treasure is you. Now, this is going to help you to understand how much Jesus loves you. The field is the world. The man is Jesus And the treasure is you. This parable is all about how much Jesus loves you. This parable is all about Jesus, as Pastor David said during communion, purchasing us, buying the treasure for Himself because He loves the treasure and values the treasure. And you are the treasure of God. You are the most valuable thing God has. Y'all just aren't excited enough tonight. So this parable is all about Jesus. So let's, let's look at the four points, right? Number one, it's all about Jesus finding you. It's all about Jesus finding you. Let me tell you again, you didn't find God, God found you. And let me give you the classic example of it, because this is where we descended from. These are the genes we inherited. We began this series talking about Adam and Eve, because Paul said, I'm afraid that in the same way Satan deceived Eve, Adam and Eve, in the garden, he'll deceive you. All right, when Satan deceived Adam and Eve, they sinned. When they sinned, very easy question I'm about to ask you, when they sinned, did they go looking for God, or did God come looking for them? It's the same for you and me. We did not go looking for God. As a matter of fact, we did what Adam and Eve did. We hid from God, and we hid from each other. And we got all sorts of faces that we hide behind. And we hide from God, we hide from each other. So I'm telling you, God came looking for you. God found you. Do you know why God found you? Because He was looking for you. This parable is all about Jesus coming into the world. He is telling them, a man, a man came in the field and he found treasure and he gave, every, he gave up everything to buy that treasure. He's telling about himself. This parable is all about Jesus becoming a man. He's trying to tell them, I became a man. 
so that I could buy you. He's telling them that. That's what this parable is all about. It's all about Jesus coming. And let me explain something to you. God was looking for you. Uh, you remember Jesus telling another parable about a prodigal son? And, and he tells the parable, and he says this, when he came home, when, while he was still a long way off, the father saw him. Why did the father see him when he was a long way off? He was looking for him. He was looking for him. God was looking for you. We have uh, three children, um, and they're all wonderful, wonderful children. One of our children, though, is named James. I've told you about him before. And he has always just found money. Since he was a little kid, he's found lots of $20 bills. He's found $10 bills. He's found a $50 bill. And he's found two $100 bills. I'm talking about when he was a little kid. One time we were, uh, went to a Texas Rangers baseball game, and we had to park a long way away. And we were walking across a field, like a big vacant field. And there were hundreds of people that had parked where we parked, and we're walking across this field. And it was me, and then Debbie, and then I think Josh, and then Lane, and then James. He was the last one. So there's five of us in the family walking single line across kind of a little trail in the field. And all of a sudden, James in the back of the line said, here's $20, Dad. (laughs) He's found money in parking lots, in grocery stores, in church on the floor. He's found money everywhere you can find money. He's, He's found money with a scuba tank on and mask at the bottom of a lake. We find empty beer cans. He finds money. <laughs> and I finally figured out why he has found so much money in his life. Because he's looking for it. <laughs> he values money. If you just knew him just a little bit, you wouldn't know how tight he is. <laughs> and he's got a savings account, and it's big. And he values it. And when he makes a purchase, he makes a good purchase. And many, many times when people say to him, you ought to buy you one of those. You know what he says? I'd rather have the money. I mean, he's great. I'd rather have the money in the bank than to have one of those. And uh, he has a vehicle that he's had for several years now. And he told us, um, he's got 121,000 miles on it. And uh, he told us just the other day, I'm going to drive it till the wheels fall off. He values money, and so he finds it. Listen to me. God values you. And he was looking for you, so he found you. This parable is all about Jesus finding you. Here's the second thing it's all about. It's all about Jesus buying you. Jesus didn't steal you. He bought you. And... Jesus didn't get you as a gift. He purchased you. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 says, For you were bought at a price. Now, I don't know about you, but when I begin to understand this, that Jesus paid for me in full, bought me, and that I was actually owned by God, this was a great revelation to me. Because I know me. And I'm not that great of a person. And, and I thought, well, you know, maybe one day I might just end up walking away from God. Well, you know what I figured out? He owns me. This is good news. He bought me and paid for me 
And I am now, I am not. This is what First Corinthians 6 is about giving you the whole verse. You are not your own. You know what he's saying? You don't belong to you anymore. You were bought at a price. And you belong to God. Jesus bought me and paid the price for me. This field was owned by someone. Now, the parable doesn't tell us who owned the field. But apparently, the owner of the field did not value the treasure in the field. Knew that there was treasure in the field, but didn't value it. You, you realize who owned the world. It was God obviously owned the world, but He gave the, the ownership of it to Adam and Eve, and they lost it to Satan. And Satan does not value. As a matter of fact, to Satan, you are junk. You're junk. But to Jesus, you're treasure. The value of everything is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. You know, if I'm looking to buy a car from you and you say, you know, it's valued at $20,000, put it on eBay and we'll find out what it's valued at. It may only be valued at twelve. You may think it's valued at 20, but if no one's willing to pay 20, it's not valued. The value of everything is determined by what someone's willing to pay for. The value of your house is not determined by what a real estate person tells you it's worth. Even with good intentions, it's valued by what it will sell for maybe after a year on the market. That's the value of it. You know, uh, a while back, did y'all hear about the guy that called Barry Bonds? A record-breaking. Did y'all hear about that? The guys shaking their head. The ladies are like, who's, who's Barry Bonds? Uh, he hit a home run, and it, it broke the record for the most home runs. And a guy went to the snack bar and was coming back from the snack bar, walking down the aisle, not in his seat, and he caught the home run in the aisle. He's a guy, so obviously he didn't spill his Coke or drop his hot dog. Still caught the baseball. <laughs> but... Immediately, the security guards, they were already there in position, knowing that he could do it in every little section. They whisked him off to another room, had it authenticated as the one, and uh, he's got it. He's about to sell it now. And they're telling him the value of this baseball is between 3 and $5 million. Now, not to me, it's not. Um, but to someone it is. The value. How are, they, how are they putting that value on it? They're saying that because someone's going to be willing to pay that. You understand what I'm saying? That's the value. Now listen to me carefully. What's your value? Now I hope you hear this. I really hope you hear this. The highest price that's ever been paid for anything was paid for you. The highest price... That's ever been paid for anything was paid for you. I, I'm going I'm to just go out on a limb here. Don't get mad at me theologically over this. I just, I just want to make a point. What are you worth? If someone paid a million dollars for you, you'd be worth a million dollars. Someone paid a hundred, you'd be worth a hundred, right? Everyone agree? You understand what I'm saying? That's the value, all right? What are you worth? Well, it was paid for you. Jesus. Now, this is going to blow you. I know it's going to blow you away what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. You're worth to the Father what Jesus is worth. Because that's what the Father was willing to pay for you. As a matter of fact, John 17 tells it, tells it this way. Jesus, in his prayer to the Father, says, You love them as much as you love me. And we know Jesus can't lie. So the Father loves you. As much as he loves the son. 
You're worth what God's worth. That's a pretty incredible thought, isn't it? So this parable is all about Jesus buying you. Here's the third thing. It's all about Jesus hiding you. This is a great truth. I pray every day that you'll get it. I'm telling you, I'm so consumed with this. I may preach another series on it, even though I've preached two series on it at Church 4. And I'm, I'm, it may be another a book, and I want to go on talk shows and debate it. I am so consumed with this. I want to write a book called, Settle It Today, Are You Saved by Grace or Works? I am tired of works being preached in the church because the strength of sin is the law. Let me say it again. The strength of sin is the law. That means that every pastor that preaches law to his congregation is giving sin strength over them. You will never live a righteous life by legalism. You will only live a righteous life by the grace of God. Only by God's grace. And I'm telling you, when I got saved... God hid me in Christ. It is such a good revelation again. So let me read you a few verses and just watch these, all right? Colossians 3, verse 3. For you died, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That might give you the indication if they're not following, they might not be a sheep. And I give them eternal life. How long is eternal life? Uh, and did you buy it or did you get it as a gift? He bought, he bought it for you, but you got it as a gift. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Who, who is saying this? Jesus. Start, just argue with him, not me. How long is never? Uh, it's, never mind. It's hard to answer. Never. I'm a sheep, I'm never going to perish. Is that good news? Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. No one. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. Wow, what an incredible verse that is. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Romans 8, 38. Paul said, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nothing that happens in my life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, that refers to demons, nor things present, nor things to come. Listen to that. He's saying nothing in the future. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's really good news. Ephesians 1. In Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Do you see God made me a guarantee? If God makes a guarantee, you think it's a good one? Until the redemption of the purchased possession. Remember, I don't, I don't belong to me anymore. To the praise of His glory. Now let me tell you what these verses, these passages just told you. Your life is hidden in Christ no one can snatch you out of His hand. Nothing can separate you from His love. And you've been given the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of it. That's good. That's good news. There is, there is a tether between you and heaven. And His name is the Holy Spirit. 
You have been sealed until the day of redemption. Here's what God's done. When you got saved, he went, he licked it just like an envelope. Licked it and sealed it and said, don't open until the day of redemption. This is good news. My salvation is not based upon my performance. Your salvation is not based on your performance. If it is, you've already lost it. You may have lost it the day after you got saved. It's based on his performance, which was perfect. And I believed and received it. This parable, remember, here's what he said. Here's what the kingdom is like. It's like treasure hidden in a field. And a man, so might himself, finds it. And he hides it. And he buys it. And he gives everything he has to get it. This is how much Jesus loves you. It's all about Jesus hiding you. Here's the fourth thing. It's all about Jesus rejoicing over you. Because it says, and when he finds it, he has great joy. Now, it's all about Jesus coming to the world. Hebrews says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You know what the joy was? Finding you, buying you, and hiding you. That's what this parable tells us. For the joy that was set before him. What's the joy? Finding you, buying you, and hiding you. Your treasure. Are you getting this? You are the treasure. The field is the world. And by the way, he bought the whole world. Listen to me carefully. He bought the whole world. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Listen, it doesn't say reconciling the believers. It says reconciling the world. Uh, John 3.16 that we talked about last week, it doesn't say for God so loved the believers that he sent his only begotten son. It says God so loved the world. Jesus bought the whole field. Now, it's up to you whether you receive it or not. You have a choice if you'll receive what he did. But he bought the whole field. It's all about you being the treasure. You're the treasure. I'll show you two scriptures here on this. Exodus 19, verse 5. You shall be a special treasure to me. Isaiah 45, this is a prophetic verse. Isaiah 45, verse 3 says, I will give you the treasures of darkness. Now, let me explain something to you about Isaiah 45. It is a prophetic messianic scripture. It is where God, the Father, is talking to the Son. And one of the things that the Father says to the Son is, I'm going to give you the treasures of darkness. You know who that is? That's us. Because we were in darkness. We were treasures, but we were in darkness. And God gave us to the Father. Now, once you catch this, that you're the treasure, it changes the rest of the parables. See, we got this parable backward. We thought this is what this parable means. This parable means that the kingdom is the treasure, and I find it, and then I hide it, and I sell everything to get it. No, it's backwards. We're the treasure. Jesus finds us, and he gives up everything to buy us, right? Okay. 
I just want to, I hope you're still in Matthew 13. I just want to show you how it changes the rest of the parables, all right? Look at the very next parable, verse 45. Again, sometimes I wonder if Jesus, when he said this word again, said it like this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. Now see, we got it backwards. You're not the merchant. He's the merchant. He's the one that paid the price. Seeking beautiful pearls. Who are the pearls? We are. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold or gave up all that he had and bought it. You know, this tells us a couple things. One is that he'd have done it for just one. He'd have done it for just one pearl. But it tells us again that we're the pearls. Are are y'all catching this? Please catch this. Please understand how much Jesus loves you. You are the treasure. And He gave up everything to purchase you. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? We want to minister to you tonight. We want to help you in your relationship with the Lord. Maybe you're just starting out. Maybe you went to church growing up, but you haven't gone to church in a while. Maybe you would describe your relationship with the Lord as not being good right now. But whatever your relationship with the Lord is, we want to help you. And what we're going to do now is we're going to have a time when we have leaders in our church that can pray for you and help you. If you're here and if you died tonight, you don't know for sure you'd go to heaven. We want to help you. Jesus has already paid the price for you. All you have to do is accept it. That's it. And you may need someone like I needed a few years ago to just help me to know how to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be here at the front in just a moment. I'm going to pray. After I pray, we'll have leaders here at the front. And I want you in just a moment. We're going to stand. After I pray, we'll stand. Ryan's going to sing. And then we just want you to just step out from your seat and come. Don't be embarrassed to come. Just come to one of the leaders and say, I need to get my life right with the Lord. This ministry time is for everyone. Maybe you're a strong believer, but there's an attack of the enemy against you right now, or against your family, against your health, against your finances. Let us pray for you. This is as much a part of the service as anything else in the service we do, is our ministry time at the altar. So if you need prayer or ministry for anything in your life, Don't be embarrassed to come. Every week we have a lot of people come. We ought to have more people coming. Because it's a part just like we all worship, we all give, we all listen to the message. We all need ministry. We all need prayer. We all need time to pray with each other about things. So if you need prayer for any area of your life, as soon as we stand, you just stand up and you step out and come, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll just draw every person that needs prayer tonight for any area in Jesus' name. Amen.